All right, registration opened on Wednesday for spring and summer recreation sessions at community centers right across the city. And that once again this year prompted a mad rush of parents looking to get their kids into these free day camps. How about this? Within an hour of registration, the city had processed just over 50,000 applications. That is nearly 50% more than what the city saw just the year prior. Now, 96% of those registrations were done online with more than 2,000 others doing it by phone or in person. Some parents, once again this year, waiting in the blistering cold all night long. And we're now hearing from frustrated uh, parents, thousands and thousands of them, upset that their children have been turned away because, once again, they couldn't get registered for these uh, free city day camps. Let's uh, go to the phones uh, on this now. We're going to talk to the uh, Director of Community Recreation uh, Recreation with Parks, Forestry, and uh, Recreation with the City of Toronto. And this is uh, Howie Dayton, who joins us here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Howie, appreciate the time, and good afternoon. Good afternoon, Jeff. How are you? I'm okay, thanks. Uh, just uh, how surprised are you, and was the city, uh, once again, this overwhelming outturn for, uh, or turnout, sorry, for these uh, free day camps? Well, so first of all, uh, you know, we've had uh, people in Toronto love, love their recreation, whether it's spring programs, aquatic programs, or summer camps. So, so we're never surprised by the uh, volume of registrations that happen, particularly in our priority registration days. And I thought uh, this year was, uh, was an exceptional uh, job that uh, staff did and the public did in terms of being prepared. And as a result, we successfully registered 181,000 people over the first four days of registration. And as you said, 96% of them were done online. So um, it, it was in terms of the technology, we've continued to make improvements, and those improvements are, are building greater trust in the system, and people are getting into the system faster and more effectively. Yeah, you mentioned that 96% uh, online. Uh, so there is some concern about parents who are lining up Kind of like the old days of uh, concert tickets, uh, you know, when a big act would come to town and you didn't want to miss out, you'd camp out uh, for three days. Talking about some pretty extreme cold weather uh, conditions. But uh, does that have to remain, Howie, because, you know, not everybody is online and not everybody's on the Internet and you got to give everybody uh, an equal or fair shot at this? Yeah, so I mean, you know, our our use of in-person registration sites has has decreased dramatically over the last number of years as people do build their their confidence in the system. And and a couple of years ago, we set up these uh, pre-leisure counseling sessions and built these uh, really good search tools so that people could be better prepared and 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 ready for that first day. But as you say, I mean, some people just aren't aren't uh, ready to sort of trust the system, and we want to keep working with those folks. So. While we're doing that transition, we want to make sure we have those um, in-person locations available, um, as we did at Wellesley, as we do at East York Community Center and other locations as well, um, so that people can work with our staff on those mornings and we can help them through those processes. So we're not planning on phasing those out. While the need is there for those in-person sites, we'll make those sites available. Um, and and uh, But is the city, sorry, Howie, are they concerned about what some of these parents are going through or putting themselves through to try to get their kids uh, registered? Well, of course. 
costs were concerned, you know, so that that's why we want to build a really good online system so that, you know, folks can, can you know, not have to wait in line or, you know, we think their their chances are better if they go online, but not everybody's ready to do that. So that's why we have those in-person locations to support them. Yeah. Is that what you're hearing from those that line up that they just don't have a trust in being able to get in that they, yeah. th- this is so important to them and for their kids that they just want to show up or is it the fact that they just don't have access to the internet. Well, I, I haven't spoken to those individuals personally, so I can't say for every single individual what their what their unique circumstance is. What I can tell you is the folks, some of the folks I've talked to, is just about the comfort that they have in in working with our staff directly on site and us helping them through the registration process. So it could be a combination of access to technology, and it could also be confidence in and in, in in using the system um, directly. So we're going to keep working with the public on that and then build opportunities and, and their capacity to use the online channels that we have. All right. You mentioned 181,000 uh, people uh, registered in, uh, I'm sorry, was it the, the first day? So we had four first days of registration. The average for uh, was 45,000 in the first hour of each of the four registration days. The combined total over the four was 181,489, and that's both for our spring uh, programming, um, which starts in April, as well as summer camp programming. Yeah, and despite those, those are astonishing numbers, yeah. but despite that, you still had to turn uh, some parents, uh, some families away. Well, you know, there's uh, we still have capacity, so I want to say that. Not all of our camps are free. We have combination of free and fee-based programs. Um, there is space available. Uh, we've got some great nature camps, eco camps, activity camps that aren't full, so we encourage people to continue to search out where those opportunities exist and register their children. If you're on wait lists, we activate those wait lists as space becomes available and we'll continue to do so. I also want to mention, you know, Council last year had approved 20,000 growth plan spaces, which really helped us, um, you know, increase our capacity. And with budget's approval yesterday, another 7,500 spaces were approved with council. So we'll be adding those spaces into the system to help alleviate some pressure where it exists in those high demand areas, um, particularly for summer camps and learn to swim programs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you mentioned extra spaces uh, were opened up uh, this year, but uh, what's uh, stopping us, stopping the city from making sure that uh, every family and every child has access uh, to these uh, camps? Is it just a a simple case of uh, funding and money? No, I don't. You know, I think it's a couple of things. I mean, I think we have physical capacity, so we have. You know, there's only so much physical space in which to locate the programs. Wait lists can be, you know, a bit of an inflated number. You know, keeping in mind right now, anybody can uh, put themselves on as many wait lists as they want for as many programs and still be in a program. So we're working through. You know, we hope as our new technology comes online to have sort of better information about our where our demand is and what the true demand is. You know, so there's lots of options out there in the city for summer camps, whether it's with us or other organizations. Um, You know, some people are registered in one camp but have their child on a wait list for another camp. And then there's some people who didn't actually get into the camp, and we want to make sure that we can try and create those spaces. So that's what the growth plan is about. We're building new community centers, um, canoe landing community centers, and examples opening up next year. Wellesley Pool is opening up next year, some additional community space. So the city's investing in new um, 
um, recreational infrastructure uh, that are helping us meet demands of a, of a growing population. So that's, uh, you know, that's part of the process. All right. So do you see a day soon where you won't have to turn uh, families away, where you won't have to turn kids away from uh, these uh, free day camps? I, I hope so. I think, you know, I think wait lists are, are something that, uh, you know, we, we uh, may never fully uh, eliminate. But I think what we're trying to do is really look at the recreation spaces as a system. And we have over 626,000 recreation spaces across the city. So it's, we are the largest provider of recreation, um, you know, at least in Canada. Um, and, uh, and and I think we're, we're, we're doing... Um, you know, significant work to increase our capacity, and we're going to keep working on that using, you know, demand as, as an indicator of where we need to continue to invest both in capital and, and in the uh, program spaces. Well, the one thing these numbers tell us and show us is that there's a tremendous demand, there's a tremendous uh, want for these uh, day camps, and you know, is there been any talk there amongst uh, you and the staff in the city uh, when it comes to, uh, you know, making sure free day camps are accessible, that uh, we look at it in terms of, uh, I don't know, maybe low-income families, should they be pushed uh, to the uh, top uh, top of the list? So, I mean, I, I, I will say that um, I've worked in many municipalities. There is there's no um, example that I know of that, that provides the level of affordable programming than the City of Toronto. 39 free community centers across the city um, and uh, welcome policy that, um, you know, also provides financial assistance for families who, who where we do charge fees, um, who require that financial support. Um, that, in addition to free leisure programming and our outdoor pools and, and um, free drop-in programming for children and youth. So, you know, there is a range of opportunities that are either highly subsidized or at no cost for families across the city and individuals across the city. Um, and so we really try to work at, at both the universal model, but also at a, um, a financial subsidy model at the same time to ensure that those with financial barriers aren't uh, facing additional challenges accessing those programs. So those, those are the strategies that Council has approved currently, and we'll, we'll continue to review those and making sure that they're meeting the needs of, of the city. Just finally, uh, Howie, uh, can you tell uh, anyone who's maybe listening that's on this uh, wait list uh, right now, the uh, likelihood, is it like 5 or 10% that are on the wait list uh, might get a phone call? And uh, how does that work? Is it just uh, those that are registered now, if they, uh, for whatever reason, it's not working for their schedule, they drop off, then somebody else gets on from the wait list? Yeah, so there's a couple of things that happen. Uh, that that happens. So we we definitely, I would ask any listener if the if they're registered in a program and they don't think they want the program to please withdraw themselves so that we can activate uh, our wait list and move someone into the space who wants it. We also, you know, if people haven't shown up for a program, we contact them, and if they're not going to show up, we we withdraw them and we put someone in off the waiting list. And then finally, I would say that either visit a local community center. Uh, call our client services number uh, or go online um, and look for what might be available um, because I know that we still have capacity and the registration only is just getting underway right now. Um, And we're going to continue to monitor those opportunities and and communicate with customers about where space becomes available. The idea for us is to activate every single space that we have and make sure people aren't sitting on wait lists unnecessarily. All right. Howie Dayton with the City of Toronto. Howie, appreciate the time here on a Friday and enjoy your weekend. Thanks. You too, Jeff. Take care.